1: HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. show let's have some fun on a monday and remember it is a medal of honor monday oh and i have a little announcement to make about medal of honor monday coming up chris remind me to make this announcement because i'll forget i have a little announcement we have a really cool thing coming from medal of honor monday stay tuned for that um it is an embarrassment of riches today, so let me just unpack some of the things we're going to be going through before I get to what I think is the big deal. We have Gensaki denying things about the budget, denying things about crime. We have Kamala Harris being predictably horrible dealing with an electric car. I have emails that are heavy, emails that are funny. I'll take phone calls, 877-377-4373. Chris Wallace left Fox News. That's going to be beautiful information to most people. I will explain why. There's there's a why for these things. I'll tell you how the media world works, all that, and much, much more coming up tonight on the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show, Chris, but... I want to begin here, and bear with me just a moment. I want you to imagine something, and this is going to be a very hard thing to imagine. Believe me, I'm not just trying to hurt you to hurt you. I I, I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine you say goodbye to your mom, your dad, heading off to work that day. Not a permanent goodbye. They're just going to work. Bye, Mom. See you when you get home. Or... Your husband, bye, honey. I'll have dinner ready. Your wife, she's taken off for her job. See you, See sweetie. We'll, we'll hook up later. Have a glass of wine together. And you say that goodbye. Maybe you don't even say goodbye because it's so routine, right? I mean, you go to work every day. It's no big deal. Maybe you forgot I was busy doing homework outside the yard. I missed you. I'll text her later. And then I want you to imagine the phone rings. And you find out mom's never coming home again. Husband is never coming home again. Mom, dad, wife, never coming home again. Now, maybe it's because I'm getting older. Maybe it's because I have a family of my own. This is not something that dominates my thoughts. It's not even something I think about every day, but it is most definitely, as a parent and a husband, something I do think about. Probably everyone does. That phone call. The phone call everyone fears. In the back of their mind, everyone fears it. Car wreck, whatever the case may be. Now, the reason I brought that up is this. I'm sure you saw by now in several states, mainly Kentucky, but several states, there was horrible tornadoes and storms over the weekend, and around a hundred people are dead. It wiped out some factory where a bunch of people were working. I mean, just blue collar people going to work in a factory. Said goodbye that night, gone. It's awful. It's it's unspeakably awful. Uh, I don't have another way to put it. Say a prayer for those people. It's awful. It's terrible. But you know that scenario you just imagined, mom's not coming home, dad's not coming home, husband, wife, you're going through that. What are your thoughts for that person in that moment? Because it's, it, it happened, and it's happening as we speak, grieving, pain. What are your thoughts? You're instantly heartbroken for them, aren't you? Probably bowing your head, saying a prayer for them. You're heartbroken for them. You're, I mean, you don't even have to know anyone, and you probably don't know anyone personally. You don't have to know them to imagine it. To imagine what they're going through, it, it, it's awful. But you know why that's what you think? And you want to know why even a cold, unfeeling monster sociopath like myself, that's what I think? You want to know why? Because we're still human beings. I'm talking about this right now, not because it's the hot news of the day. I could have led with all kinds of stuff. Gensaki, all this other stuff. I'm talking about this because it is critical critical for you to understand what we're up against for me to understand what we're up against. Cause it's so easy to forget. Isn't it? I forget. Sometimes you may forget you, you have a political ideology. I have a political ideology. I have things I believe in. Yes, but it's a political ideology. We are not facing people who have a political ideology. We are facing monsters who have a religion, and their religion is all about destruction and death and misery, and they are as committed and devout to that religion as you are to whatever one you practice. And until you accept that that's what we're up against, you can never get to a place where you're ready to really fight back against it. The president of the United States of America is a critically important position, not just in America, in the world. I don't care, Democrat, Republican. He is someone who is looked to for leadership. Leadership matters. And while a hundred families... We're getting that phone call, the phone call you never want, the phone call I never want. The president of the United States of America got up and said this.
2: Well, all that I know is that the intensity of the weather across the board has some impacts as a consequence of the warming of the planet and the climate change. The specific impact on these specific storms, I can't say at this point. I'm going to be asking the EPA and others to take a look at that. But the fact is that uh, we all know...
1: Are you kidding me? At a time when 100 families are getting the phone call from the devil himself, the president of the United States of America is talking about climate warming? Oh, don't think this was a one-off. He sent the daggone FEMA administrator out there to CNN to echo this same kind of insanity. What is wrong with these people?
3: This is going to be our new normal. And uh, the the effects that we're seeing from climate change are the crisis of our generation. Uh, We're taking a lot of effort.
1: Let me explain something. And again, I don't care about your thoughts on climate change, which is total crap, but that's not what I'm saying right now on man-made climate change. I don't care about that. You can believe in it all you want. This is not me yelling because of the hundred families who are hurting. This is me trying to wake you up and slap myself back awake on what we're facing. These are not people who have morals. They do not have any moral founding. That's why communism has murdered well north of 100 million people in its very short existence. Remember, it's only about 100 years old. In its very short existence, it has murdered 100 million people. They believe in nothing you believe in. They believe in nothing but power and destruction and domination. These people can look at a schoolhouse full of dead kids and not even have a private moment of empathy, not have a private moment where there's some emotion that has been brought to bear. These people don't look at anything the way you look at it. Every single thing they think and do is in an effort to achieve more power to dominate and destroy you. Joe Biden sat down with his staff after a hundred people died in Kentucky, and not one person in there shed a tear. Not one person in there worried about that phone call, finding out mom isn't coming home anymore. Every single one of them said, ooh, I bet we can use this to further climate change stuff. Hey, hey, uh, Bob, how's that polling? Did we do we get the polling on the climate change numbers? Oh, these buzzwords. Hey, Joe, hold on. We got a great speech for you. Oh, this is very exciting. No, no, I know it's a tornado. That's fine. It's very exciting, though. We can use this. You think I'm joking? That's how these people look at the world. There is no soul left. There is nothing left inside of them. And you can hate them for it, and maybe you should. I certainly do. I don't know. It's not my job to put hate in your heart. But you would better understand the stakes of the game. And you would better understand who and what we're facing. The stakes are if these people take over everything, they will kill everything you love. That's one. And two, they don't turn it off. They don't rest. They don't take a moment. They can't. It's not in them. They don't take any plays off. They're as committed to destruction as you are to anything underneath the sun. If we're not as committed to stopping them, we will lose. I know that probably made you uncomfortable, but it's time we understand the stakes of the game. All right. Now. That is part of the reason why I so enthusiastically back companies who won't succumb to it because so much of corporate America has bent the knee to these people. They have sufficiently, well, got corporate America to kneel before them and do their bidding. You've seen all the ads out there. That's why I talk to you about my pillow. I'm not just talking to you about my pillow because, well, they sell the best pillows ever. And because there's a huge sale right now, the original My pillow that was 69.98 is 1998. I'll, I'll be honest. That wouldn't mean anything to me if my pillow was just like all these other companies trashing this country. We must start getting more aggressive. Part of getting more aggressive is starving the communist companies of our dollars and making sure we fund the companies that actually stand for what we believe in. Corporate America is where this fight will happen. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, use the promo code JESSE, enjoy the greatest pillow ever for $19.98. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. I've got an animal inside of me.
0: This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Come away, come away, if you
1: jesse kelly show don't forget we got medal of honor monday coming up about 45 minutes from now but let's get back to what we were talking about about how committed they are and let me be very clear about this i don't expect you to be that committed and be to be frank i'm never going to be that committed oh yeah i'm committed to fighting for this country i would die for it but you can't and I can't possibly be as committed as they are because it's not our religion. It's not. It is theirs. I've told you this before, and I mean it all the way. I could never be the type of person in the wake of a tornado to stand up in front behind the microphone and blame it on climate change because it doesn't consume me. When I get done with doing this, you know how much I love doing the show and how much we laugh and, the, and all that. But when I'm done, the second this show's over tonight... I'm going to go home and I'm going to read a book, talk to the wife, maybe have a a butt heavy. Maybe, look, if I got a bonus or something like that, maybe I'll go to Red Lobster. But I'm I'm not taking this job home with me and letting it consume me every second until I go to sleep and then waking up and having it consume me. And you're not either and you shouldn't. Well, that that would guarantee you having a miserable life, but we do have to understand that is what we are up against. Remember who you're facing here. I'm looking at a headline right here. De Blasio claims the city is much safer now than when he took office, despite the fact murders are through the roof. Absolutely through the roof in New York City. And and I, I I actually don't even just want to single out Bill de Blasio. This is... Pretty universal across the country. Philadelphia, L.A., everywhere. These big cities where murder's through the roof. Their political leaders who are directly responsible for it are saying, man, this is awesome. Jen Psaki herself got up today. She was asked about violent crime and bail reform and how many violent criminals have been turned loose on the streets. Here's what she had to say. Do you think it's possible that big cities are dealing with these smash and grab robberies right now, an increase in criminal activity because some prosecutors are too soft on crime?
2: Uh, I would say we have seen, I'm not going to attribute the reasoning from here. What I will tell you is we have seen an increase in crime over the course of the pandemic. There are a range of reasons for that. Um, and what we're our focus is on is what we can do to address it.
1: Over the course of the pandemic? She doesn't believe that. When some violent criminal gets turned loose with virtually no bail in New York City and he goes and he ambushes a jogger, I've told you this story before, it's a true story. A, I believe, 52 year old jogger and he violently assaults this woman in terrible ways. I want you to understand that Jen Psaki. Bill de Blasio, pick your politician, pick your communist in this country. They don't look at that woman and have even a brief moment where they sit back and say to themselves, that's terrible. I feel bad. Is it my fault? They don't even have a moment, not even a brief one, because they're not even human beings anymore. The destruction is intentional, and they never ever, ever, ever turn it off. They can't make themselves turn it off. It has consumed them. Remember, coronavirus, speaking of coronavirus, she's the one who brought it up. One of the most astounding things to me, and probably to you as you sat and watched this unfold, one of the most astounding things was governors destroying their own states? Mayors destroying their own cities? This took place in city after city after city after city and it's still taking place across the United States of America. Chris, do you have that South African doctor talking about Omicron and talking about how mild it was? And remember, this is the South South African doctor who came out as she discovered it and said, "Oh, it's very very mild." She's still out there on camera saying this. Looking at the mildness of the symptoms that we
2: are seeing. Currently, there is no reason for panicking as we don't see severely ill patients i also checked with the hospital some of the hospitals in my area and one of the biggest hospitals they only have one patient currently that's COVID positive on a ventilator and they don't even know whether it's COVID, uh, you know it's delta or whether it is um, omicron related we acknowledge that it might change
1: and yet And yet, with this woman on camera saying it's mild, immediately, New York's governor, Hochul, immediately comes out, boom, mass mandates for everybody. They don't even hesitate to destroy what they're in charge of without a second thought. It might make sense if Bill de Blasio wanted to wreck Philadelphia. After all, great football rivalry. Bill de Blasio wants to wreck New York City. Wrap your mind around that. Look, again, this is not unique to New York. Joe Biden has gotten into office nationally, and policy after policy after policy has brought death and destruction with it. Afghanistan, death, destruction, flooding of the border. Inflation now, they're watching poor people and middle class people just get torpedoed across the United States of America, and still, there's not even a private moment where they say we should turn things around. The People in this country are paying $5 a gallon for gas. That's real. In California, I have places that are paying $5 a gallon for gas. Normal people cannot afford that. People can't even live, and yet... The communist is so committed to what he believes. He is so committed to what he believes. He doesn't look at it and ever question himself. He never, that's what's astounding about it. It's not just that communism is terrible and doesn't work. It's that once it's obvious it doesn't work, the communist doesn't change course. He just simply looks and says, oh, well, I guess let's just keep doing what we were doing only more. Let's do it. We'll just do it harder. That's what the communist thinks. Drives me crazy. By the way, speaking of these DAs, George Soros, we've been talking about him a lot on the show. On my TV show, on the First TV, I'm actually doing a special, a TV special on George Soros. It's going to come out this Friday. you got to go to thefirsttv.com slash support. If you you gotta sign up there in order to watch it, but I'm doing a special on George Soros. We're gonna start talking a lot more about George Soros. Alright. Now it's time to have a email talk about loss. Hang on. <laughs> jesse kelly show oh i'm so excited for the middle of honor monday news now i'm excited it's a half hour chris we can't say anything yet i'll take some phone calls tonight 877-377-4373 i do want to say i once again i think i probably messed this up when the leader of the free world speaks We need to lead the show with it every time just out of respect. Chris, would you please play uh, Joe Biden, please?
2: exponentially 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 exponential exponentially 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 Expedentially, exponentially Expedentially, exponentially 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 I mean
1: exponential <laughs> look look I can't say some words either okay I can't say some words either you know what I do I avoid saying the words. That's just nobody, again, is there's no one is there no one in this man's life who can pull him aside and say, uh, Joe. No, no more. No more. Look, it's not, it's not happening for you. All right. You've given it, you've given it the old college try. <laughs> it's not happening anymore. And speaking of college, you know what? I didn't even do this on purpose, but since I'm a bit of a radio master after three years, Chris, I think it's probably time to fess up. You know that whole no more paying back college loans thing that they put in, which was the dumbest, one of the dumbest things I've seen in a while. They temporarily stopped the repayment of college loans. Joe Biden just announced, oh, that's going away. That's coming back. So, look, I understand this is going to come off as really, really harsh, and that's fine. You're welcome to call and yell at me. 877-377-4373, or you can email jesse at jessikellyshow.com. So you're welcome to yell. I understand that I'm an offensive person. I get it. I get it all the way. I'm not for everyone. So let's just get this out of the bag right now. You ready? You ready for this? Don't take out loans you can't pay back. Was that part? Did I make was I did I enunciate that well enough, Chris? Was it did I nail that? Listen. Kids, hear me out. I understand maybe your parents failed you and they didn't explain how loans work. So here, let me let me explain this for everybody. Let me explain. You go to a lending institution, whatever that may be, bank, student loans, I don't care, whatever that may be, you go to a lending institution and you say, hey, can I have some money? And then they look into you. And they look into your history of taking out loans and the repayment of loans, and, and they assess how much of a risk you are. And if they deem it, you know, an acceptable risk, they will then hand you some money. It's great. It's, it's wonderful. But here, here's what's nuts. Here's what's nuts. I know you're going to find this crazy, but here's this is the truth. I swear. They're actually not loaning you that money out of the goodness of their hearts. I swear, no, Chris, believe me, this is right up your alley. We're talking interest payments, pal. All right, this is right up your alley. They're not loaning you that money out of the goodness of their hearts. They're actually going to charge you extra to pay it back. That's called interest. Okay? You still with me? Everyone still with me? Again, I, I apparently have to have this conversation because a lot of people don't have fathers like I did. You have to then pay back the same amount of the loan to the lending institution Plus, the interest they're going to charge you, which can add up to a lot of money. You still with me? Still with me all the way here? Now, here's the craziest thing about it. And this is the part that really seems to throw people for a loop. So I, I guess I'm just going to prepare myself to shock so many people out there. It's good if you actually have a plan to pay back the loan. Did you know that? Did you know? I know that's nuts. I know that's nuts. See, You know what I'm not going to do after work? You know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to go find a bank and take out a $50,000 loan and then hop on a flight to Las Vegas and go put $50,000 all on red on the roulette table. And you know why I'm not going to do that? Not that that wouldn't be fun. I mean, wouldn't that be fun? $50,000 and then Las Vegas for a night? Woohoo! Buffet time, baby. It'd be great. But you know why I'm not going to do it? This is this is nuts. I know. I don't have a plan to pay that back. So I'm not going to do it. You're taking out six-figure loans to go get dog crap educations at communist universities where you'll then end up with a degree in a fear in a field where if you're lucky, your starting salary is $30 or $40,000? Have you done the math? Does nobody have a father in this country? Stop taking out loans you can't pay back. The quality of education at the university system has steadily nosedived, while at the same time the cost of it has gone up. Not only was this a crappy investment 10 years ago, it's 10 times as bad now, and people are still doing it. I'll never forget. I'm not going to name him because it's been a while, even though he told me I could say his name on the air back when I did it, but that was the show was a lot smaller then. So I'm not going to name him. Old listeners of the show will know who I'm talking about. We had a fill-in producer one time. Chris was actually out sick. For as, As awful as Chris is at pretty much everything, he's actually never out, but he was out sick. And we had a backup producer, and he was a good kid. Again, I'm not naming him because I don't want to blast him, right? But he was a good kid. And we got on the subject of college loans and loan payments and things like that. And he wasn't a full-time producer on someone's radio show. He's what we call in radio a board op, a board operator. Now, that's a fancy way of saying, look, when we do the show, I just have a microphone because that's all I can be trusted with. Chris is sitting in front of this gigantic board with all these dials and knob thingies and lights and stuff like that, and you have to know how to run these things. Well, he would just run the board for a bunch of shows. Probably made Chris will. Chris can probably tell me this, 15 bucks an hour, Chris, you think that's fair? Probably. Oh, no, less? Okay. He made less than $15 an hour. His parents had told him his entire life, got to go to school, get to school, got to go to college. It can't be anything if you don't go to college. How am I going to brag to the neighbors if you don't go to college? Over and over and over and over again, they told him this. And we did a show that night and he said on the air, again, I'm not going to name him because that was, the show was a lot smaller then and it's it's just a lot bigger now. He was doing his board op work less than $15 an hour and he owed, I think he was 24, he owed $100,000. He had moved back in with his parents, obviously, as you would pretty much have to, um, He's not taking a pretty girl out to Red Lobster on Friday night. I promise you that much. $100,000. Fathers, what are you doing? Uh, Kids, too. You know, once you're 18, figure it out on your own. What are you doing? What are you doing? Do not take out loans you can't afford to pay them back. But, look... Just so everyone doesn't think I'm a heartless monster, eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three 377 is the number. You're welcome to call and yo. I will, I will say this, though. I do have a plan for when I take over and seize power and it's dictator Jesse temporarily, Chris, until I get to the, everything in working order the way I want it. Once it's dictator Jesse and I have taken over the United States of America, I'll officially, of course, label myself the Shogun as I have once I'm Shogun here. You should know that the top 20 universities at least won't even be there anymore. And I mean physically won't even be there anymore. I will fire every member of the staff. I will then raise every single building to the ground. I will build some sort of monument to communism and its horrors in their wake. And I will seize the endowments of these of these universities And I will pay off the loans to people who got a degree that's actually worth something to society. So your gender studies degree, your sociology degree, uh, you can go ahead and pay that back yourself because there's no help coming for you at all. So Shogun Jesse may be there to help someone who actually contributes something out there. But until then, stop taking loans out when you don't have a plan to pay the loans back. All right. I just had to get that off my chest. Chris, I feel better. We'll take some calls. 877-377-4373. Eight seven seven, 3, 7, 7, 4, 3, 7 3. All right. Let's have a heart-to-heart about this. We need strong men in this country, and we need them now more than we've ever needed them. And yet, this is not made up. We know this statistically. Testosterone levels are at an all-time low. We sit around too much. We're too fat. We don't lift enough weights, and we're not putting the proper things in our body. I'm not some nutritionist, as you well know, so I need help especially as I get older making sure I stay strong. I have to be strong. We have to leave this country, do we not? chalk.com. C H O Q.com. It's an American company, United States manufacturing, natural supplements and they take things like I'll tell you the two I take every day. I take chalk daily and it's a 20% increase in total testosterone in clinical studies and I take their toncat 100 free testosterone up by 87% in 21 days. Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. Use the code JESSE get you 50% off. Fellas, be strong and stay that way. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly.
0: You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show.
1: It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. I'm going to get to this Chris Wallace info here, briefly just tell you how that works. I'll get to that in a second. I'll get to this, and this this audio from this lady is so good. You know what, Chris? While we wait to take phone calls, I'll take phone calls in a minute. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to play the greater good lady. This lady, her, her name is Conservative Mama. I don't know anything about this person, but she put out a video. And it's almost two minutes long. It's way longer than I normally would play. And I normally would interrupt if I play it that long. I'm going to let this play the whole time because the creepiness of it and the honesty of how creepy everything has gotten really drives home when you just let the thing play. And then, yes, I will get to your phone calls. 877-377-4373. The greater good, Chris.
3: We need you to stay in your home for a couple weeks. It's for the greater good. We need you to close your business just for a short time. It's for the greater good. We need you to stay home just a little bit longer than two weeks. It's, it's for the greater good. We need you to wear this on your face. It's It's for the greater good. We need you to wear two of these on your face. It's for the greater good. We need you to inject this into your body, it's for the greater good. We need you to spend the holidays alone. It's for the greater good! You must inject this into your body if you want to feed your family. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop eating that. It's not good for the environment. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop driving your car and flying. It's for the greater good! We need you to stop heating your home so often. It's for the greater good. We need you to stop saying that. It's hurting some people's feelings. This is for the greater good. We need you to stop having children. It's not good for the planet. This is for the greater good. We need you to stop talking about your faith. It's offending people. This is for the greater good. We need to separate you from your children. Because you're not complying, this is for the greater good. we need to hold you in a facility for a little while for not cooperating. This is for the greater good. this is for the greater good, this is for the greater good. this is for the greater good. this is for the greater good. this is for the it greater It was so creepy but so true.
1: remember remember this before i I'll, I'll go to the calls here in a second, but remember this all the monsters you know about in history. And the second I say history's monsters, what do you think about? Instantly, you think about Hitler, probably Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot. These are the people you think of. Remember this. Every single one of them sold their policies as being for the greater good. Every single one of them. The second a politician starts talking to you about the greater good, buy more guns and ammunition. Steven in New York. Go, boss.
4: Um, Jesse, great show. Love it. Um, I have a question for you or just your audience in general. Um, At this point in time with this whole COVID thing, does anybody really think that when the Chinese were making this virus that they didn't also in tandem with it at every step of the way have a vaccine that was 100% good and had no side effects? Well, hold the on. Chinese government has
1: taken. Hold on on that, Stephen, because okay, I'm actually I'm going to leave you on the line, which is something I rarely do, because I have an alternate theory on that. I'm not saying yours is dumb at all, but my theory has always been this: What does COVID? Who does COVID attack? It doesn't attack me. It doesn't attack Chris. Sadly, no. It could, no. In all seriousness, COVID attacks old people and fat people. Remember, China is a communist country. Communism is an anti-human religion. They take no value, no value from human life at all. Why would China want a vaccine for something that's killing off its old people and its fat people? I say they're thrilled with coronavirus.
2: Well.
1: See? Told you. And in Idaho, go. Yes. Hey, Jesse. I just called to say, you know what,
3: I don't think you're crazy about your thoughts on kids having you know not going to college and doing something different I did not go to college graduated high school back in 1984 and I had a very successful career my husband who also went to college went
5: to art school had huge debt and ended up becoming a recruiter and
3: owning his own company very successful but with a lot of debt (laughs) so you. even back in the day, you know, I didn't need to go to college to be to, to be successful. And I think it's just a shame that we're sending our kids off to be indoctrinated, like several of my nieces and nephews, you know, have become.
1: 100%. I, I, I have said this before, the communist has pulled a lot of tricks. And I mean, a lot of tricks. The greatest trick the American communist ever pulled was getting middle class to upper middle class Republican parents to pay over $100,000 to send their child off to a university where that child will then learn to hate said parents, hate themselves, and hate their country. You want to talk about brilliance. And I'll tell you, I see it all the time in my neighborhood too. It's become currency for parents. They brag about it. Oh, he got into Stanford. Oh, he's trying to get into this. He's trying to get into Oklahoma. He's trying to get into uh, this and that. And I'll just think, I'll just be sitting back thinking to myself, yeah, but the worst thing that could happen would be he'd get in. Keep your kids away from these universities. I'm not done yet taking calls, but we have Medal of Honor Monday and then I'll get back to them. 877-377-4373. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. We have so much. A lot of people have phone calls they want to make about student loans. We're going to get to that. 877-377-4373. And I'm going to get back to your calls and whatnot. I just have a couple things I need to get to before Medal of Honor Monday kicks off here. One, I know a lot of people in various walks of life. Because I've had so many different walks of life. I know plenty of rich guys. I know plenty of poor guys. Plenty of middle class. And I will tell you... The richest guys I know didn't make that money from their college degree. Most of them don't have one. That is one. Two. I just took a phone call from Idaho, and that reminds me of a piece of hate mail we got last night. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Remember, you can send your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. All are welcome. It says, Jesse, you've got to stop telling people to move to red states. It is thoroughly and completely destroying Idaho. Everybody thinks they're conservative because they like guns or whatever. Meantime, they're crying about not spending tax dollars on beautification projects like statues of sickles and hammers (laughs) of the Communist Party. And CRT has been mentioned to be somewhat acceptable now in our school district. We are going purple, which will eventually lead to blue. You've got to stop saying what you're saying or I will hold you partially to blame. (laughs) You can say my name and I stand by my statement. His name was Brandon. All right, so it wasn't the worst hate mail in the world. Listen. Brandon in Idaho, I know what you're going through. I have a bunch of friends in Idaho. We have to, we have so, I have so many friends I know in Colorado, and we have so many listeners in Colorado. Look, the Colorado people will tell you here's the problem for places like Idaho and Colorado, and where I grew up mostly is Montana. Remember, I moved to Montana when I was ten. It's so beautiful. These Californians get up in the Rocky Mountains. And they don't necessarily move there because it's red. They move there because look at the animals, sweetie, in the mountains. And they just destroy it. Believe me when I tell you, there's not a single person listening to the sound of my voice right now who you wouldn't want in your state. (laughs) My people are not the problem. All right. All right. Now, without further ado, let us go to Medal of Honor Monday. But before I do that, I do have a little announcement to make. Um, I can't give away names and details just yet, but I'm just very excited about it, so I can't keep that secret. We have a Medal of Honor winner I shouldn't say winner because they they deserved it, but we have a Medal of Honor winner. We have a living family member of his who's going to come on the show probably in the next week or two and read his Medal of Honor citation. Uh, that's all I'm going to say for now. I'll just say that's gosh, that's freaking awesome. That's awesome. So eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three. We'll take your calls after I do this, but for new listeners, understand this is something we do every Monday on the show. We take a medal of honor citation and we just read it. You can do this. There's nothing special about me doing this. You have access to all these, every medal of honor citation ever. They're all available online. There are several websites where you can get these Medal of Honor citations. It is important to remember these men and remember their deeds. It's not enough to know this piece of paper exists. You should read it. You should read it aloud to your children. Tell your children, this is who you want to be. You want to be like Thomas Roland Norris. Ready?
6: Aim. Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday.
1: Lieutenant Norris completed an unprecedented ground rescue of two downed pilots deep within enemy controlled territory and the Kang Tree province. Lieutenant Norris on the night of the 10th of April led a five man patrol. By the way, this is Vietnam led a five-man patrol through 2,000 meters of heavily controlled territory, located one of the downed pilots at daybreak, and returned to the forward operating base. On the 11th of April, after a devastating mortar and rocket attack on the small FOB, Lieutenant Norris led a three-man team on two unsuccessful rescue attempts for the second pilot. On the afternoon of the 12th, a forward air controller located the pilot and notified Lieutenant Norris. Dressed in a fisherman, dressed in fisherman disguises and using a sampan That's just a little boat, little fishing boat. Lieutenant Norris and one Vietnamese traveled throughout the night and found the injured pilot at dawn. Covering the pilot with bamboo and vegetation, they began the return journey, successfully evading a North Vietnamese patrol. Approaching the FOB, they came under heavy machine gun fire. Remember... They're in a little sandpan. They're in a little fishing boat. Not not some armored vehicle here. Lieutenant Norris called in an airstrike which provided suppressive fire and a smoke screen, allowing the rescue party to reach the FOB. By his outstanding display of decisive leadership, undaunted courage, and selfless dedication in the face of extreme danger, Lieutenant Norris enhanced the finest traditions of US Naval Service. This was obviously a Navy seal. Uh, there's more to this story. You can read more to this story. I will just give you a little bit of background because actually I've not only read several different accounts of Lieutenant Norris's story, I've read the downed pilots accounts and I believe, gosh, I'm going to have to try to find that. There may be a documentary out there from the downed pilots perspective, but I'll just tell you in Vietnam, and, and this is, was very similar to many situations where pilots can get downed. It was certainly the situation in the Pacific and world war II and whatnot, when you go down as a pilot, one you have to pray you're not injured, but two there's this angle of it and people don't consider this. Um you know what, let's bring this home for you. What if tonight and this is not going to happen, don't 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 worry, but what if tonight you heard a noise sounded like airplanes and you walked out of your home and you saw fighter jets? Chinese fighter jets flying over your area and dropping bombs. And then you got to start to experience the carnage from said bombs, the fires, the death of loved ones, buildings gone, homes gone, children dead. And this happened time and time and time again to you, these Chinese fighter planes flying overhead. And I want you to imagine this goes on for about a month, okay? About a month. And then at the end of that month one of these planes you see it and it is severely hurt in the sky something has happened to it and you see the pilot eject and he's coming down towards your area you you're a normal human being how do you think you would treat that pilot when he hit the ground I'm not I'm not doing this American pilots are the bad guys thing I'm saying from the Vietnamese perspective and this was the case in and everywhere where the, where these pilots were bombing From the civilian perspective, honestly, the pilots were in as much danger from the civilians as they were from getting caught by the North Vietnamese or Viet Cong. In fact, in many cases, they were in more danger because a North Vietnamese guy would get a hold of a pilot. He might kill him. He might torture him. He'd probably do both, but he also might want to keep him alive as leverage for some sort of a trade or something like that. The villager... Who just had his family bombed out and he doesn't have anyone? His mom's dead now, and so's his wife and kids. If he gets a hold of you before the North Vietnamese army gets there, he might have some things he'd like to do to you first. There are several cases of our pilots getting shot down in Vietnam where they didn't live to get officially captured. I forget one of the stories, I forget his name. Uh, God rest his soul, I forget his name. He got shot down, and the villagers got to him first. And by the time the official Vietnamese army got there, he had already been killed with a pitchfork a lot. And I mean, it was not a pleasant way to go. Someone watched it happen. It was not a pleasant way to go. So when you're Thomas Roland Norris and you're avoiding that creeping through the Vietnamese jungle and you don't know when to move, you've got to eat, you've got to drink water. And that was really the problem. He was running out of those kind of supplies. And remember in the jungle, it's so hot even if you're just laying there, you'll die from dehydration. It's so hot and humid, it just sucks the water right out of you. That's an amazing thing. What Lieutenant, Nor- or what Lieutenant Norris did to get this pilot was an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing. The bravery of some of these people. And more than anything else, I know he had a Vietnamese guy with him. More than anything else... Being alone. I mean, even a Navy SEAL doesn't want to be alone, and you really don't want to be alone behind enemy lines where they'd be more than happy to have their hands on a Navy SEAL and do terrible, terrible things to you. All right. So that was Medal of Honor Monday. Apparently, we're going to be talking more and more about student loans. I have Lee Smith coming up about 15 minutes from now. I'm going to ask him about communist motivations. Also, coming up next, after I get to a couple calls, the Supreme Court. Did us wrong again? Again? What happened to all those judges that were supposed to help us out, huh? This is creating a dangerous situation. I'll tell you what I mean by that. And one of the heaviest emails I've ever had. All that's coming up still on the Jesse Kelly Show, but first. Would you like it if someone was looking over your shoulder every second you were browsing online? Not only watching you, but taking the information... Taking the websites you visit, taking the things you do, writing it down, and then selling it to people you don't know, would that, would that make you comfortable? You understand, unless you have ExpressVPN, that's happening every time you go online, right? Whether you're at home, airport, coffee shop, wherever you are. Unless you have ExpressVPN, your internet service provider is collecting your data. I mean, why do you think Google's getting sued in a massive lawsuit? This stuff is happening. If you have ExpressVPN, though, your connection becomes encrypted. It gets rerouted through an encrypted server. Your IP address is masked. Protect yourself. You lock your doors. You wear a seatbelt. Protect your internet connection. Go to expressvpn.com slash jesse, and that actually gets you three months of it free. Expressvpn.com slash jesse. That's three months free on a one-year subscription. Don't go online without it. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly show. Lee Smith, the great writer. Lee Smith. I think Lee Smith might be the best writer in America today. He's he's that good, that forward-thinking. I mean, besides me, Chris. I was talking about besides me. Obviously, gosh, <laughs> jeez, I am the oracle. Plus, I'm journalist Jesse. Remember what, Chris? We just had some Air Force guys kicked out for not taking the vaccine. You know, I'll get to that in a minute. Supreme Court declines to block New York vaccine mandate. We only had three justices dissent. Aito, Alito, I'm sorry, Gorsuch, and of course, Clarence Thomas, who's the greatest living American. (sighs) Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, just did New Yorkers wrong. All we needed was the two... Trump justices to step up and do what Trump appointed them to do. This is going to lead to a dangerous situation in this country. No, not tomorrow, but it is. There is a feeling out there on the right that you cannot achieve justice and that there's not a single cultural institution working on your behalf now, that every cultural institution is against you. If you get to a place where people feel like there is no justice to be had, that is it is historically a very, very dangerous place to be. It just is. It is a very dangerous place to be. All right? Jeremy in Idaho, go.
5: Hey, so what I was going to say is I I think these kids nowadays that are going to college and racking up these $100,000 debt, it's it seems like it's easier for them to to be on a loan like that than it is to say go out and get a $10,000 loan to open up a small business and it's it's pretty sad that you know they can they can get $10,000 credit do something like that way easier, you know, or way harder than it is to uh, accrue
1: $100,000 in college debt. He's 100% right and let's all just be honest, there's a reason for that. Do you think do you think the federal government wants a bunch of independent small business owners or do you think the federal government wants legions and legions and legions of people to go through communist education camps also known as universities where they'll learn to be good little servants to the government believe me it's not an accident it's harder to get a small business loan than a student loan gordon in denver go boss i die bad
5: thank you jesse thank you for changing my life but what I'm trying to let you know, I took out a lot of loans, but I had to. I had no one to help me, but I paid it back. And I don't want no one to give me a handout. I don't want to keep paying it back.
1: Well, there's a gigantic difference, Gordon. I didn't say don't take out a loan. I said don't take out a loan you can't pay back. If you're almost paying your loan back, good for you. Good for you. It's just what blows me away is parents get so wrapped up. They get so wrapped up in little Billy has to go to college. And they don't stop and think, one, the world has changed. College has changed. The work environment has changed. Employers are now just hungry for someone who isn't a total idiot. And there's another part of this, and this is the part that really makes me mad. You can understand parents being behind the eight ball and not realizing times have changed. Because it's hard to figure out when times have changed. If you're sending little Billy to college, at least make sure he's going to college for his sake And not your sake. I brought it up before. I'll bring it up again. I hear it all the time. I hear parents bragging all the time about little Billy went to school here. Where's Aiden going to school? Oh, Jaden got into school here. It's become currency. It's become currency. Is it for their sake? Or is it for your sake? Joe in Missouri. Go boss. Joe, boss.
5: Hello. Yeah.
1: I tried to get Joe on. This is Joe. I actually have the audio of Joe. Joe was the guy who went after Elizabeth Warren, and I love this little bit. Chris, play Joe.
0: I just want to ask one question. My daughter's getting out of school. I've saved all my money. She doesn't have any student Am I going to get my money back? Of course not. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us that did the right thing get screwed. No, it's not even like that's great. Of course shopping. we did. My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations, I saved my money. He made more than I did. But I worked a double shift, worked extra, my daughter works, he was 10. So you're laughing. Right? Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing, and we get screwed.
1: God bless people like Joe. I love when people approach these scumbag communists. And just put it right to him because they're always on camera. Remember Joe the plumber, Chris? How great was Joe the plumber? Chris, Doesn't even remember. Joe the plumber when it comes to Barack Obama. Barack Obama was doing some stupid thing where he was walking around a neighborhood pretending to give a crap about people. And this guy, this plumber named Joe, I think he ended up running for office or something like that. Of course, he got mega famous real quick. Goes up to him and says... So you're going to take what's mine, essentially, and just nailed him. Just did it. Barack Obama spent the next two months trying to explain what he said about spreading the wealth around. It was greatness. Travis in Washington. Go boss.
5: Hey, um, you know, I, I dropped out of school when I was young. I got my GED. I worked in a, in a glass shop as a kid. Um, and I made, by the time I was 18, I was making 25 bucks an hour, uh, I didn't need to go to college. I joined the service later on. I got a, uh, an associate's degree on my GI Bill. Um, but, you know, my kid, he's 14. He wants to be an auto mechanic. I told him, hey, you don't have to go to college. His mother was trying to get him to go to college, but nobody's going to listen to her. So I said, let's just, you know, work on getting you to school. He can go to mechanic school at 16 at the community college. He um, can graduate in a couple of years. He can buy all his tools. can get a job. He doesn't need to go to college. You know, as far as community college goes, he works odd jobs here around town, and he can pay for his own college as he needs it.
1: Oh, no. An icky mechanic. Ooh, he has to get his hands dirty. You know, if that kid, Travis, I love this, by the way. I love this. You know, that kid goes and learns how to be a mechanic, starts working an actual job at 18, 19 years old as a mechanic. Do you know that kid can Probably, well, I shouldn't say probably. Almost undoubtedly, if he has a good head on his shoulders, start his own little mechanic shop at 24, 25. Travis's son, he'll be driving around a Mercedes in his mansion at 35 if he wants to while you're still paying off your student loans. Ew, icky mechanics. I'm telling you, all the money is in these trades that nobody wants to go do these jobs. Go do these jobs. Forget about college Go do these jobs. Get some expertise in it. Start your own business by the, before you're 30. Make a real nice living for yourself. Stop this I-have-to-go-to-college mentality. We have got to get rid of that garbage. All right, the great Lee Smith, the anti-communist writer Lee Smith, joins me next. Hang on.
2: All that I know is that the intensity of the weather across the board has some impact as a consequence of the warming of the planet and the climate change. The specific impact on these specific storms,
1: I can't say at
2: this point. I'm going to be asking.
1: It is the Jesse Kelly show. Joining me now, my friend Lee Smith was obviously tablet magazine, the Epic Times. Lee, uh, setting aside the climate change nonsense stuff. What type of human being do you have to be to talk about climate change yeah. while a hundred families are getting a phone call, finding out dad is never coming home again? What's what's missing, Lee? What's missing with these people?
4: Yep, you made that point. You made that point yesterday on Twitter, and I think it goes right to the heart of the issue, which is that these people are monsters. They are soulless, creeps, possessed, you know, possessed with political ambition, possessed with a desire to crush their neighbors who are other Americans. No, no respect, no provisions for dignity, for love, for generosity of spirit. They're a bunch of soulless monsters. Absolutely right. They can't let the they cannot let people bury their dead.
1: Lee, That's the issue, Lee. How does one? And I realize we're just hypothesizing now, but I, I'm really genuinely curious. How does one get like that? Is is this a, a childhood issue? Is this a, obviously? I know the university system doesn't help, but, but it's quite a leap from being a run of the mill Democrat, who's you know part yeah. of a union, to being that. How do you get yeah. like that?
4: Well, I mean, I, I, I guess it's with everything. I mean, you have there are some people. With some people, it's nature. With some people, it's nurture. Unfortunately, our university system and now even, uh, our, even our high school system and grade school system, public, public education, appears to be producing people like this, right? And this is the point of, like, getting kids in school, putting masks on them, getting to snitch on their fellow students, on their neighbors, on their parents. This is how they create monsters. You reward dishonorable behavior and that's and that's what they've been doing and that's and that's how we got to where we are now where the president of the united states won't let people who are suffering a terrible tragedy bury their dead
1: lee i'm really really worried about the answer to this question but i'm going to ask it anyway i i am very concerned about where we are as a nation i think the power structure has shifted much more than people even realize that we're uh, that we're close to entering a phase here people don't want to think about We are going to have Congress unquestionably in 2022 and possibly the presidency after 2024. Please tell me at least a significant portion of the elected Republicans understand the stakes we're in now.
4: I I mean, I I don't know. I I mean, if they do, if they do, many of them are running from it. Right. Where have they been? Where have they been for the last year? As Americans have been targeted by the FBI and this goes back to January 6th we're coming up next month on the on the end on of the anniversary of January 6th but look at what's happened in the meantime the FBI our intelligence agencies have gone after journalists like dr. Carlson they've gone after parents who are complaining at school board meetings they go after protesters right the, the, and, and and where are the Republicans and look I, I don't think that we should be on the side. That's just, we shouldn't be on the side just saying, where the heck are the Republicans? We have we have leadership. I think we've talked about this before. We're building leadership every day, every hour. Serious, Jesse. the way that you get out there and the way that you encourage people, that you encourage people to think for themselves, that you let people both get mad and have a laugh. You give them both. I mean, this is leadership. This is an important thing. We have to build our own leadership. We're not and this is who we are as the American people. Especially now at Christmas time.
6: Yeah. Right? Yeah, was, Hope it was, it was,
4: and joy. We, we 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 can't we can't wait. On Republican we can't wait on the Republican Party we have to do it ourselves
1: you know what I'm, that's that is so well that we have to do it ourselves and I I'll tell you something I do find encouragingly is all the people who are moving I was just in Washington DC sadly a few yeah. weeks ago for actually a great event but I was in Washington DC and I had this young couple come up to me nicest thing I've ever heard in my life a young couple from nice. Tennessee came up to me and said we're taking your advice we're moving over to Nashville. We're getting out of this area, and we're going to a place where, where they share our values, and that's where we want to raise our kids. You know, it was so encouraging to hear this from Americans who are choosing to be around people who, who are like them, finally.
4: Hey, and it's not an easy thing to pick up and move. People have, mm-hmm. you know, people have different ties, whether it's work, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's other things, but that, it's not an easy thing to get up and move. But once you've done it, you know, we've talked about this. We moved from the Washington, D.C. area. My family moved from the D.C. area down to, you know, to a red state, South Carolina. We're loving it. Right. And that's that's one of our strengths now. I mean, not, 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 not just my family, but one of the country's strengths, people going and finding other people, who share their values right other people and this is this is not this is this is not share only your ideas this is sharing your values as people from all sorts of races all sorts of religions all sorts of backgrounds but share these fundamental american values and so americans are finding them and that's our leadership that's what will nurture and cultivate our leadership
1: Lee, I try to explain to people because I've lived everywhere, blue places, red places, and I obviously live in a red place now. I've tried to explain how much better just day-to-day life is when you're around a place that shares your values. Uh, You have have a better way with words than I do. Why is it better in South Carolina than it is in Washington, D.C.? Why does Lee Smith enjoy a day in South Carolina better?
4: I I, I can't put it in words. It's just we've all felt it. Look, I I, I was back up in Washington, D.C. recently, too. I wish I'd I'd, I'd have seen you and known you were up here. But it's just poison. It's just such a dark place where people actually seem to enjoy wearing the masks, where people seem to enjoy this heaviness. Right. Why? I I don't know. It's hard to explain. My my poor hometown. I'm heartbroken over New York City. Mm -hmm. But it's just falling. It's just falling into this abyss. This pit, and it's not just—it's not this political corruption. It's this moral corruption, and that's what you're talking about when you were talking about what the president of the United States said. How we had to talk about climate change. He couldn't respect—he couldn't respect his fellow Americans, the people that the people that he is uh, tasked to govern right now. I don't know. It's just—I I mean, you go to different places and you feel that people want to be alive, especially now at Christmas time. Yeah. People have hope. They have joy. They want to walk around, breathe the air, enjoy sports, enjoy a beer, enjoy the fellowship and comradeship of their of their family and friends.
1: Speaking with Lee Smith, obviously Tablet Magazine, Epic Times. Lee, you obviously wrote incredible play, incredible book called The Permanent Coup. that's not going away. Joe Biden has spent, he's going to spend four years packing this federal government with more hardcore ideologues that will throw landmines in front of the next Republican president. If we ever have one, can we clean that out? Can that be cleaned?
4: Yeah, it's going to be cleaned out. But I mean, look, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with one of your fundamental points, which is we are at A a crucial moment in our history. So when bad things happen, like bad things are happening now, the way that I think is like, well, you know, this is this is a really bad thing. And I don't know if this gets solved uh, with a Republican House or even with a Republican Senate or a Republican president, but it will get solved by the American people in one way or another in due course i don't know when i don't know exactly how but i feel like we're not going to live under tyranny are we i mean that's the choice
1: yeah. you know,
4: that's the choice we live on with with, with with boots on our throats for the rest of our lives i don't see that happening
1: yeah nor do i go read everything he writes i do lee smith thank you my brother
4: thank you jesse have a great night and merry christmas
1: merry christmas my man i love that guy all right I've been trying to be more committed than I have ever been at being more purposeful with where I spend my money. And you know, look, when I say this, I'm not judging you for the, for the various things you spend money on that aren't with good companies. Because I still do it, too. I'm trying not to, but I still mess up. I'm at least safe in the knowledge now that I don't spend a dime on my mobile service that goes to a company that hates me and my country. I've had AT&T. I've had T-Mobile. I've had Verizon. I have Pure Talk now. Pure Talk, the CEOs a Vietnam Veteran, customer service in America. You call, you talk to an American. And right now they have iPhone 12s for just $479 through the end of the year. It's Christmas time. You think your loved ones might enjoy that? Oh, they have 13s as well. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month, plus save on a new phone. That's pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Some restrictions apply. Call for details. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly show. I still have to get to this heavy email. I'll get to that in a second. But first... I think it's important we play a little audio from what, Chris? It's fine. We play a little audio from Kamala Harris today. You see, she got to walk up to an electric car for the first time. They're on this. Just quick side note. They're on this huge, stupid electric car kick right now. We want everyone to be electric. No more power, but we'll build electric cars, and they need power for the electricity. But anyway, electric car for everyone. That's the kind of kick they're doing right now. So you have to go do these political show things where you, wow, this electric car is so cool. I love it. And Kamala Harris got the opportunity to try to charge one today on camera, and she was just as warm and natural as she always is.
3: And there's no sound or fume. There, there is nothing. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's well, all there is all to it. all of us who
3: are used to every morning to we... filling our tanks, we, we, you usually can smell it and and you can hear it. You can hear the guzzling sound. Right. None of that. None of that. So it. how do I know it's actually working? Pause yeah. real quick.
1: <laughs> Notice Kamala Harris is thrilled for once that there's no guzzling. Continue, Chris. Right.
3: None
0: of
2: that. None of so. How do I know it's actually working? It is. So typically, wave that card; it's actually charging. So. But how would I know that? Tell me
3: how I would know that.
1: She's so warm. (laughs) It's so stupid. Honestly, being a politician, it just it it must just strip everything you have away from you. All right, all right. But I do need to address this. One of the, quote, big news items of the weekend, although this is not really important to you, I think it's important people understand how the media world works a little bit. One of the big items of the weekend was uh, loser scumbag Chris Wallace was announced on his show that he was leaving Fox News.
6: After 18 years, this is my final Fox News Sunday. It is the last time, and I say this with real sadness, we will meet like this. Eighteen years ago, the bosses here at Fox promised me they would never interfere with a guest I booked or a question I asked, and they kept that promise. I have been free to report to the best of my ability to cover the stories I think are important to hold our okay, country. I don't
1: care about that idiot's farewell. Let's get a couple things cleared up here. One, he left Fox News, which is the biggest of the cable news channels, the by far the biggest audience, and he's not just going to CNN; he's going to CNN Plus. And I know exactly what you're saying right now. I can actually hear you through the radio. CNN Plus. What's that? Oh, I had to look it up myself. Uh, they are coming up with a new streaming service at CNN Plus. So it's not even regular crappy CNN. This is actually the new crappier version of CNN. Now there was a lot of a lot of people throwing around a lot of ideas about what happened here and why would he do it? And, and let me explain something. And this, this is just behind the scenes stuff for how it works. And you probably already know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Everyone has an ego. Everybody you do. I have a huge one. Even Chris does. And he shouldn't have one at all. Everyone has an ego of some kind. If you're on TV I'm on TV every night on the first TV, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Every night you can catch my show. Okay, on my TV show, I want the biggest audience humanly possible. Now, obviously, I have limits, as you know. There are things I'll do. There are things I won't do. But my goal is to have a huge audience. I want to be the most popular guy ever, right? That's just human nature. So does Chris Wallace. So why would you leave intentionally – the biggest news channel out there, Fox news and go to CNN plus why money people have people just, they get crazy and they, they overthink things when it comes to things like this, they were thinking, Oh, he more aligns with CNN politically. And of course he does. He's a huge Democrat. He has been for a long time. That's not exactly a mystery. Hated Trump hates Republicans has been an absolute partisan hack in every possible way, for years and years and years. Good riddance is what I say. But why would you leave the biggest platform and go to a small platform? Money. Right now, CNN is in very, very, very bad trouble. They not only had the Chris Cuomo thing where they had to let him go, but they recently now had something that I'm not even going to elaborate for for you on this show. One of Chris Cuomo's producers, he got busted trafficking a child across state lines. It's really, really ugly. You can go look it up yourself. Like I said, I know a lot of kids listen to the show. It's really ugly. I'm not going to go into the details of it. But CNN's had problem after problem after problem like that recently. And Jeff Zucker, the head of CNN, rumors are he might get ousted. CNN is in bad, bad, bad trouble. What do people do when things are desperate Oftentimes they do dumb, desperate things. Companies are no different, and media companies are no are definitely no different. When you're CNN, you were already sucking it up, Fox News was killing you, MSNBC was killing you. It was already going bad. It all of a sudden has gotten even worse in recent days. and you're nose diving. When you're nose diving, you start looking for anything that looks like a parachute. So if you're that network, what do you do? You say, we need a splash. We need a big name of some kind. And then you will inevitably have people step up, not necessarily wrongly, and say, "Uh, we can't afford a big splash. We can't afford to land Chris Wallace. And then they say, oh, but we can. And they'll go find a big investor somewhere and figure out a way to throw a boatload of money at somebody like Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace left Fox news for CNN plus because he's getting up there in years and he wants to spend his retirement years on a yacht with the wife. I don't even know if he's married. He wants to spend the retirement years on a yacht with the wife in the Mediterranean, eating olives with slaves all on board or something like that. Whatever these wealthy people do. Don't make it more complicated than it is. All right. I will take some more calls. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three. But First. This is one of the heavier emails I've ever gotten to the show and I still don't know how I'm supposed to answer this. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. All right, all right, all right. Don't forget, by the way, you can email the show anything you want, your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. All are welcome. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Let's get ready to unpack one of the heavier emails ever. And I'm actually not joking. See, when I when I get serious sometimes, people think I'm getting ready to joke, and that's not fair. That's not fair. If I violated that trust... No, this one is serious. Here we go. Dear Jesse, Merry Christmas from the beautiful red state of Tennessee. Tennessee is so sweet. See, this is the problem. I keep getting all these nasty emails from people who listen to the show whenever I compliment a state. I have another one. Where's this other one? I have another one. for. Oh, yeah, here's this guy. Dear Shogun, please, for the love of trucks with sunroofs, shut the beep up telling folks about the Tar Heel. He was talking about North Carolina. We don't need any more beep Yankees. He said, I'm originally from Pennsylvania coming down here. It's getting harder to pull the ladder up behind me when your ruggedly handsome voice is hollering about how sweet it is. For real, though, bring back the history. Snap that foreman into (laughs) shave. Again, history's coming back. I have to stop. I have to be careful recommending these states because the second I do all the great people in that state are like no don't come here look let me encourage you if you are on the right if you're an anti-communist move move to these great states if you're gonna keep voting for Democrats I say I, and he's like JFK right herb then keep your butt in your useless state all right good there's my disclaimer anyway I was shocked and saddened when I heard the recent headline that only 18% of U.S. households are nuclear families. I am a widow. My husband was killed in a head-on collision five years ago. We were married for 19 years, and we had five children together, and they now range from 8 to 22. Being a traditional family was always something that felt easy and natural to me. It was the best thing we could possibly do for our kids, accomplished simply by loving each other and staying together. In my mind, we are still a nuclear family. I've tried to carry on doing the things we'd normally be doing together, but of course, his absence cannot be denied. I know how important the nuclear family is, particularly for my two youngest kids. However, I don't have the time, much less the will or desire to wade into the dating pool in the hopes of finding someone and becoming a traditional family again. The thought of it is loathsome to me and I fear has the potential to be more detrimental than beneficial. But is it wrong to feel this way? Am I being selfish? Am I depriving my kids? I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this. All right, let me tell you this. And this is probably going to be this is probably going to sound harsh, but I don't have a way of saying anything that doesn't sound harsh. That's just kind of who I am. One. I can't imagine going through that. All right, so I get it. And I totally get not wanting to go out and date again. I will tell you that. And maybe you're maybe you shouldn't. I don't. I don't know. I'm no, I don't know your situation. We'll get to that in a second. But I will say, but traditionally, historically, a widow would try to find someone else. I mean, biblically, the the brothers marrying her. You know, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not. Please, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, traditionally, for the sake of not just the kids. But for you, someone else should be there. Now, look, I'll tell you. I know it's morbid, but you know I talk about morbid things. I tell the wife, hey, if I get splattered on the highway after the show tonight, I mean, give me a couple weeks to mourn and then get back out there and saddle up. You know, we had that one hilarious radio bit when we were trying to figure out how long the audience should wait before they ask my wife out after I die. It was a joke, but in all seriousness, I've told her that. Now, of course, she's like every woman. She says, no, I'll never, but... I've got two sons. I've got two sons, and I'm not speaking down to anybody right now. I understand everyone. Life is messy, right? Life is really, really messy and hard, and nobody's life is perfect. And I understand there are there are who knows how many single moms out there listening to me right now, or single dads, and maybe you're not in a place where you can not either want to. So I'm not. I'm not trying to give the advice to everybody, but I am telling you, we are meant to have a support system. In the form of an opposite sex. Doesn't mean you're ready. Look, Maybe you're still not ready. It's been five years. Maybe you're still not ready. I don't know. Maybe you need five more. But kids need a father. Kids need a father. I, I, the, you can directly, directly tie the descent of this nation in with the rise in fatherless households. Now, I'm sure your kids are going to be fine because they had such a great dad for so long. I'm sure they're going to be just fine. But I'm telling you. These dads who run out on their kids, dads who abandon their families, and don't think you're off the hook, ladies, ladies who go through a divorce and out of spite, deny their kids to the husband at all. You're just as bad, woman. Trust me. You're just as bad. They are crushing this country. It is important, and I know life is messy. It is important to have a mother and a father present in your life, but same time, I know Life gets messy. Dear handsome Dr. Jesse, who would win if the Republican primary was held today, Trump or DeSantis? Most Trump supporters I talked to, including myself, are now team DeSantis. Stay handsome, my friend. Donald Trump would win. And Donald Trump would probably win easily. And this is—I'll get—I'll get a lot of emails. Some will be positive, some will be negative about that. No, that's fine. Or you can call about that. That's fine. 877-377-4373. But here's a mistake I make a lot, and I know what you're saying, Jesse. I didn't think you made mistakes, and for the most part, that's true. But here's a mistake I make a lot, and you probably make it a lot too. People who pay attention, people who are involved in politics—it's part of your daily life. You put that on other people too. I do it too. Even before I ever, when I was selling RVs, I loved politics. I was interested in it. So every day I was out there doing the things you do. Something you're doing right now. I listened to a radio show or a podcast, depending on how you're catching the show. I would uh, read various websites throughout the day, just like you do. Now there are benefits to that. And there are things that aren't quite beneficial. The benefits to that are this, you are, and I'm not, I'm not honestly not trying to flatter you. I'm more trying to just flatter myself really, but quick, quick, Chris, in seriousness, you are more informed than 99% of the population. You are, if you're actively seeking out right-wing sites, right-wing radio shows, right-wing anything, you are so much more informed than most of the population. That's nice. Good. Good for you. You know about the issues. You know about the right position on the issues. You know what's happening. You know where we need to go. Good for you. That's awesome. You want to be like you. I'm not telling you you're wrong. The problem is you think everyone else is like you. You do. People don't have a clue. You know why Donald Trump would beat Ron DeSantis? Half the Republicans in this country at least don't even know who Ron DeSantis is and you can roll your eyes and say, that's crazy, he's the great governor of Florida, Jesse, he's killing it, didn't you see what he did about the vaccine? Yes, yes, you know that. You know that. Your uncle, who votes Republican every time, but mostly he's just out fishing and golfing when he's not at work, he's never heard the name Ron DeSantis in his life. People who are extremely in, like you're extremely in, they are drifting towards Ron DeSantis quickly. And a lot of that actually is not anti-Trump or people who've soured on Trump. Some of it is. A lot of that is what I'm getting a lot of is people think Ron DeSantis is a little more suited for this time and place than Donald Trump is. Maybe maybe fights a little smarter, that kind of thing. Maybe maybe fights a little smarter, that. that, that. But understand, you better understand this, most people aren't like that. Most people only half pay attention. Now, I wouldn't discount Ron DeSantis, but I'll tell you, I don't think he gets in if Donald Trump runs. I, I, I can't give you all the details, and I certainly can't give you names and things like that. I, there are some things I have to keep secret. You know, I give you every behind-the-scenes thing I'm allowed to give you, but I'm the last guy in the United States of America who actually keeps a secret. So allow me to tell you this. There are several candidates on the GOP side, all of them names you would know, who are already exploring a run for president. They're going to run for president, no ifs, ands, or buts, unless Donald Trump runs and then they won't even declare. And these are all household names you would know. I don't. I, maybe you are soured on Trump. Maybe you're not. Maybe you still think Donald Trump walks on water. I, I don't care. I'm not, we're not talking about that right now. I'm telling you if Donald Trump runs he is by a mile the most popular Republican in the United States of America and people will line up to vote for him again he will storm through the Republican primary field once again and this time all the other candidates know it including Ron DeSantis you're going to get Ron you're going to get Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump and don't do this dream ticket thing where you're going to have both because you're not. There's no way those two alphas are going to be in the same room together. All right, we have a phone call actually about Norris, about about our Medal of Honor winner I'm looking forward to. And I'll take your other calls, get to some emails, 877 377 Did you enjoy that Medal of Honor Monday earlier in the show? If you missed it, you can catch it on the podcast on iTunes. But did you enjoy that? That was what a man sounds like. Remember this. Strong men... Strong men are what can save this nation. And if we don't have strong men and keep strong men, then we're already finished. We are not going to weak our way out of this. I promise. When I tell you about things like Chalk, C-H-O-Q, Chalk.com, I mean it. It's not just because it's natural, natural supplements, mainly American sourced whenever they can, but natural supplements. It's an American company, U.S. manufacturing. I tell you it because you need testosterone. You need the nutrition that comes from this. I take a Chalk Daily, and I take their Toncat 100. You know Toncat 100 boosts free testosterone by 87% in three weeks? Three weeks, and again, natural. Go to Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com, use the promo code JESSE, and start. You will feel a difference, and you'll feel it fast. Chalk.com, promo code JESSE gets you 50% off.
6: He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. It
1: is the Jesse Kelly show. I thought we talked about Rush already, Chris. uh, uh, What? I know it's their best song. That's, That's what I'm saying. That's the best they've got. Alright, that's the best. Now we're gonna get a bunch. We're gonna get a bunch more Rush hate mail. No, I, from what I understand, they're actually on the right. They're really good people. So I guess you can keep finding them. It's fine, it's fine. Chris, do you have, do you have Joe Biden? He, he always sounds so tired. I did Bob
2: Dole's eulogy today. He asked me on his deathbed whether I would do his eulogy. We're friends. We disagreed, but we're friends. We used to have an awful lot of that relationship, and there still exists, except that the QAnon and the extreme elements of the Republican Party and what, what, what Donald Trump
1: Joe Joe, it's time Joe, it's time to stay off of Reddit, buddy. It's 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 time. It's time. <laughs> All right. Tim in Idaho. Go, boss.
5: Yo, Jeffy.
1: Go, brother. Tim. I really want to take this one. Yes, sir. Go bud.
5: Yes, sir. Can you hear me now? I got you now. Okay, good. Uh listen, uh, real quick, I'd like to say um thanks so much for um your Medal of Honor monday I love it, man. Uh, it's You still there?
1: I'm here, brother. Go ahead.
5: Oh man, I'm sorry. It's uh it's Idaho. Uh, I oh, I know. You
1: know, I know. Go ahead, boss. I got you live through um, now. Go ahead.
5: Okay. Listen, I wanted to say thank you uh, so much for your Medal of Honor Mondays, man. I really dig them. I don't ever call into these shows. I've never called in before, um, but uh, just wanted to uh, throw out a little shot to um, you and to uh, Lieutenant Norris, um, who is really cool because he's a very good friend of our families. Uh, he's still alive. And I was hoping not to... Uh, uh, say, where in Idaho, but uh, the other half of the story is Mike Thornton, um, who uh, is part of Tommy Norris's story, and so if your listeners are digging your Medal of Honor Mondays as much as I do, uh, have them Google Mike Thornton, who is the other half of Tommy Norris's story. It's a really, really good thing to listen to uh, and to read up on. The other thing is I'm happy uh, that you brought him up because m- the fact that my kids, have a man like that in his, in their lives is unbelievable. Medal of Honor winner, Purple Heart winner, bronze medal, gold medal, silver medal. It's just unbelievable to me. So just wanted to say thanks to you um, for um, bringing up your, your Medal of Honor Mondays, man.
1: Well, of course uh, it was my pleasure. And it is funny, Tim, if you want to actually stay listening, I actually have Mike Thornton's Medal of Honor citation in front of me, And allow me to tell a little story before I get to this citation. I actually met Mike Thornton, and I spent quite a bit of time with Mike Thornton. A long time ago, I was a young candidate running for Congress. You you know the story by now. When I got out of the Marine Corps, went back to work in construction, and I, I just was working construction. That's what I was doing. I started to get into politics. I had always been into history, but I started to get into politics big time, decided I was going to run for Congress. In the course of running for Congress, you're always trying to raise money so you can buy TV commercials and tell people who you are and what you believe and that kind of thing. Well, there are some amazing patriots in the state of Texas, and I'm not doing that just to suck up to my own home state. There are people in this state who they have a safe congressional seat, and it's blood red, and yet they decide they want to raise even they want to raise money for anyone who has a chance to win around the country. So they got a hold of me and they said, "Hey, fly out to Texas. We'll do a couple events in the Texas suburbs, tech in rural Texas, Texas ranchers, Texas suburbs. You get up, give a couple speeches, raise some money, we'll go." Part of this trip was we were supposed to go to an event that had three heroes sitting on the stage telling their war stories. And I don't know if they were all Medal of Honor winners. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the event. I don't remember who put it on, but I remember that was the point of the event. We were just going to go and just sit in the crowd and just watch. We're just going to go. We're just going to watch. I show up at this event, and I don't remember who the one guy was, but I remember the other guy was Mike Thornton, a Navy SEAL, a Navy SEAL who won the Medal of Honor in Vietnam. He won the Medal of Honor in Vietnam. Now, I go in there and I sit down and we're waiting for the event to start. And there are only two guys on the stage. There are three chairs. There's these high chairs. and There's all these people in the crowd waiting to hear these uh, uh, heroes speak. There are only three chairs. The third guy ends up getting caught in traffic and can't show up. Well, my guy who was kind of leading me around this whole thing, he was part of putting on this event as well. And so he runs up to him and says, well, have Jesse come on stage with him. And to which I freaked out and I said, no, my gosh, absolutely not in a million years. And that's not because I was obviously afraid of speaking in front of people. That's never something that's really bothered me. I didn't belong in the same stadium as these two guys. I was just the normal Marine grunt in, in Iraq. I didn't win any big medals or anything like that. I, I, I ain't no hero, the furthest thing in the world from it. I, like I've said before, I redefined average when it comes to Marine, all right? But he insisted. He said, no, 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 people want to hear from you anyway. So I didn't even know what I'm supposed to say sitting next to a Medal of Honor winning Navy SEAL. Nevertheless, I go up and I sit down besides Mike, beside Mike Thornton. And we're waiting for the event to get going. They're still getting everyone in out of the crowd. You know how it works. Everybody's gabbing and whatnot. And so I end up just getting some time, just me and Mike. The other guy was on his phone. So me and Mike Thornton, I'd never met him before. We just sat there talking. You want to talk about the coolest, most down-to-earth dude in the world, and yet— you can tell when you talk to him, you can tell there's just an absolute stud in there. Mike Thornton is one of those guys, I talked to him before I knew his story. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to do a special extra Medal of Honor citation this Monday in honor of Mike Thornton. I'm going to do, do that for you. But before I even knew his story and I talked to him, I could tell this, this is a guy who, who's, who's a stud. This is the kind of man, you want a weapon in this guy's hands. So when I get back I'll take some more calls 877-377-4373 we're going to talk about Ilhan Omar but first we're going to do an extra medal of honor citation on a monday the Jesse Kelly Show. And before I get to this story about Ilhan Omar and Rand Paul just scorching her and some phone calls of yours, and we still have headlines I didn't get to coming up about 15 minutes from now. We're going to do a little bonus in case you missed the earlier Medal of Honor Monday. You're gonna have to go download the podcast at iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. They're all over there. But it was about Lieutenant Norris, Navy SEAL, Vietnam, going to save a rescued pilot. Lo and behold, because apparently this show is huge now, and I have no idea how that happened, somebody in Idaho was listening and said, look up Michael Thornton. Well, I just told you the story about how I got to know Michael Thornton at an event in Texas, and then at this event, I got to listen to Michael Thornton describe his actions, well, that I'm about to read to you from his citation. Ready, aim,
6: Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday.
1: Thornton, by the way, before I get going on this, was also obviously a Navy SEAL and this is Vietnam. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while participating in a daring operation against enemy forces, PO, that's petty officer, PO Thornton as assistant U.S. Navy advisor, along with a U.S. Navy lieutenant serving as a senior advisor, accompanied a three-man Vietnamese Navy SEAL patrol, on an intelligence gathering and prisoner capture operation against enemy occupied naval river base. Remember, pause real quick. Remember when I was reading Norris's citation earlier in the show? When there was, well, there was one where it failed, there were actually two missions to go get the pilots that failed. This is one of the ones that failed. Moving on. Along, U.S. Navy lieutenant serving as a senior advisor accompanied a three-man Vietnamese Navy SEAL patrol on an intelligence gathering and prisoner capture operation against an enemy-occupied naval river base. Launched from a Vietnamese Navy junk in a rubber boat, the patrol reached land and was continuing on foot towards its objective when it suddenly came under heavy heavy fire from a numerically superior force. Pause there one second. I think I need to explain something because this gets confusing for people. When people think about uh, Navy SEALs, Green Berets, Delta Force, uh, Marine Recon, when they think about these elite special operations guys, you tend to think about them, and it's, it's, it's understandable because they are such incredible men capable of doing amazing things. You almost get to the point where you think about them as superhuman or or ninjas who could just disappear out of thin air. And I know that I'm being, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, but you do. You think about them like supermen sometimes. But really, and they, they are incredible men, really, their mission so often, it involves them just not being seen. They can't afford to be seen. Because even if you had 20 Navy SEALs there, and they were facing off against 50 regular North Vietnamese army guys, the SEALs would be in trouble because numbers never lie. Numbers are in serious, serious, or numbers are seriously important. What's that saying from Napoleon? Quantity has a quality all its own. That's the saying, and it means it. So if you're on a, what I'm saying is if you're on a tiny patrol like this, a five-man patrol, and you get attacked by a platoon, that's 30 guys or so, you're in very, very, very deep trouble. Moving on. The patrol called in naval gunfire support and then engaged the enemy in a fierce firefight, accounting for many enemy casualties before moving back to the waterline to prevent encirclement. Upon learning that the senior advisor had been hit by enemy fire and was believed to be dead, P.O. Thornton returned through a hail of fire to the lieutenant's last position quickly disposed of two enemy soldiers about to overrun the position and succeeded in removing the seriously wounded and unconscious senior naval advisor to the water's edge. He then inflated the lieutenant's life jacket and towed him seaward for approximately two hours until picked up by support craft. By his extraordinary courage and perseverance, P.O. Thornton was directly responsible for saving the life of his superior officer and enabling the safe extraction of all patrol members, thereby upholding the highest tradition of U.S. Naval service. And I can't elaborate the way Thornton did. I'm sure he's probably got a video on YouTube explaining it, but I will tell you this. He thought he was going to die. He was running back there to retrieve what he thought was a dead body, but Navy SEALs Never leave even the dead behind. To, to to this day, I don't think they've ever permanently left a man on the battlefield, ever. He was running back to get him. Kills a couple dudes on the way. And then, remember, caring for the wounded, carrying the wounded, it's more cumbersome than you can possibly imagine. If I wasn't worried that you were going to hurt yourself, or I would hurt myself, because trust me, I probably would, I would tell you to do an experiment like this. Go go have your husband or wife or, or maybe if you have grown kids or something, go have someone close to of your equal size, go have them lay down, just lay down in the lawn or lay down in the living room, then move them without hurting yourself 50 feet. Oh, and imagine being under gunfire while you do this. They used to do this to us in the Marine Corps every time, and it honestly... It woke us up to so many realities. We would do you know, fake drills where we're assaulting something. We're we're, uh, we're going after a building. We're going after, we're going to try to take this mountain. And this is, I'm just talking training. And during these exercises, they would have all these explosions going off. So we'd be used to it. And you'd have to be crawling under barbed wire, all these things, all the stuff you see. And part of this was they would have guys who are, they're in charge of the training exercise. And they would just randomly walk up and say, he's he's wounded, he just got shot in the legs, he's wounded, and they would they would force whoever they just pointed to to stop moving. All the explosions are still going on. Everyone's yelling, move forward, we got to go, we got to get cover here, and all of, all the fu- gunfire is going off everywhere, and yet now, like if I go down, I'm 230 pounds. I'm 6'8", 230 pounds. Uh, with gear, I'm 280, probably minimum. Go ahead and try to carry me out of there while you're getting shot at. It just, it adds a different element like you can't possibly imagine. It's one thing if everyone's healthy and moving fast. It's another thing when getting out wounded or dead is part of it when you're getting shot at. This dude ran through and he did it again. They don't describe it in the citation, but I got to hear him tell the story in person. He was essentially running across a beach to go get his guy. It's not like he's running behind rock formations. He's running behind the open sand. And he gets his guy, gets him up on his shoulders, and he's still getting shot at. As he's running back towards the water, they're still coming at him, still shooting at him. He has to rope him off in the water and then swim out into the water with him. It was it was quite a story, man. It was quite a story. And I realize I, I kind of went on and on there, but it was it was a cool story. And I'll tell you, getting to meet him was awesome. All right. Bjorn, I think your name is, in Colorado. Go. First of all, I want to say thank you for your service. I'm
5: a veteran, too.
1: Sempervisor.
5: Uh, all, all, although I was Army and you were Marine.
1: Thank uh. you. <laughs>
5: Well, don't tell me you have something against Army.
1: Oh, my gosh. The absolute um, worst. The absolute worst. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Simplify us. us.
5: Well, the Marines are the hardest. Then the Army, then the Navy, then the Air Force, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> okay.
1: All uh, right. What you got, uh, bud? Secondly,
5: I want to ask, why doesn't Chris ever talk on the radio?
1: Well, I don't understand why I would ever have Chris talk on the radio when my voice is just so sultry. And I'm, What, Chris? I don't understand why Chris would talk when, I mean, whose voice is more wonderful than my voice? Seriously, Chris, I, I, I mean, I, I, know, I guess I never asked him. I just assumed Chris would rather listen to me than speak himself. I can only assume. <laughs> That's why. All right. I'll take a couple more calls and then I have to get the headlines I didn't get to before we get out of here today. 877-377-4373. But you hear what they said about interest rates already? They're already talking about potentially jacking up interest rates on everybody. And you understand why they're doing that, right? You understand no presidential administration likes to go out and say, we're raising interest rates. They're doing that because they're so concerned about hyperinflation getting out of control and the value of the dollar going bye-bye. Call Oxford Gold Group and get some gold delivered to your home. They will deliver gold to your front door, not a piece of paper saying you bought some. Congratulations. Real gold. In times like this, it is important to have things in your possession that government cannot possibly take away. Call 833-995-GOLD and tell them Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. Get some value for your money before the government destroys it. i got an
6: animal of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. <laughs>
1: It is the Jesse Kelly Show final segment. We're going to get to headlines I didn't get to in here in just a second, but I promised you one more. Sandy and Chula Vista, go.
3: Hi, thank you very much for uh, taking my call. I just want to mention, when you were talking about Trump and DeSantis, I voted for Trump twice. I wasn't sorry. Well, the second time I wasn't too happy. But um, I really believe that to is going to be more popular than, than Trump. I I do love Trump. I respect him. The problem is the man can't put his ego in his back pocket.
1: Eh, It's hard to argue with that. It's hard to argue with that. All right, before I get to headlines, I didn't get to, I did want to address this. Ilhan Omar. She has a bill to require the state department to quote, Monitor Islamophobia going forward. Ilhan Omar has made a career out of acting like any criticism of her and her radical beliefs is somehow Islamophobic and it's rare. I'll go to a United States Senator to make an outstanding point, but man, I thought Rand Paul did pretty well
0: here.
6: I'm in a town where we have a lot of people who are refugees who have come, some from Somalia, some from Bosnia. I've never heard one of them say that America's a terrible place or be a, a, unappreciative of our country. Most of them are thankful. I've met people who have come here from behind the Iron Curtain that got away from communism. They're some of the best Americans we have because they really appreciate how great our country is. And then I hear Representative Omar say, oh, America's a terrible place. I'd love to be justice and there's no justice here. It's like. She came here and we fed her, we clothed her, she got welfare, she got school, she got health care. And then, lo and behold, she has the honor of actually winning uh, a seat in Congress, and she says we're a terrible country. I think that's about as ungrateful as you can get. And so while I'm not saying we forcibly send her anywhere, I'm willing to contribute to buy her a ticket to go visit Somalia, and I think she could look and and maybe learn a little bit about the disaster that is Somalia, that has no capitalism, has no God-given rights guaranteed in a constitution, and has about seven different tribes that have been fighting each other for the last 40 years.
1: That was a wonderful statement. I will disagree just with Rand Paul on one little thing. Uh, If dictator Jesse ever does take over, if Shogun Jesse does take over, I will be forcibly deporting her. And and I'm dead serious about that. I I think it is crazy that a nation, a sovereign nation such as ours, I, I... I'm not saying I'm anti refugee. That's not what I'm saying at all. Now, you don't just take them in like from Afghanistan without vetting them or anything like that. I'm not anti refugee in certain situations. But if you're ever a refugee who comes to the United States of America, if you're ever in a place where you are welcomed here and you come from a war torn dump like Somalia, women, do you know how oppressed women are here, when women are in Somalia? Uh, I understand there are kids listening, so I'm going to be real careful about this. Uh, FGM, Foxtrot Golf Mike. Foxtrot Golf Mike. Look up Somalia in FGM if you're curious about what happens to women over there at a clip of over 90%. And kids, please do not look that up without your parents' permission. I mean that. But... She came from a place that abuses women as a matter of course, and now you step foot here in this country and you choose to trash it at every single turn? Oh, when Shogun Jesse takes over, there'll be no option. You had better be on a plane, and you'd better be on a plane within 24 hours or I'll throw you in prison. That's how serious I am about that. This ungrateful crap... From the people who have left dumps to come luxuriate here, this crap had better stop, and I don't have to be nice about it either. Go back to Somalia. All right. And now...
3: Here's a headline.
2: Go, you you know the thing.
1: Headlines we didn't get to. Inflation has risen in many countries, but rarely as much as in the U.S. Remember who just told you about Oxford Gold Group? Uh, They're still trying to pass build back better. I still think they're still calling it that idiocy. Uh, The latest numbers on it are $3 trillion. T. Trillion dollars. Buy gold. Biden and Democrats lose grip on Hispanic voters. No way. No way. You know, I thought... I thought all that trans stuff was going to be super appealing to the various Latino families who are extremely close-knit, grandparents, cousins, uncles, nieces, nephews, strong family environments. I can't believe they're not signing on for men deciding they want to become women. That's crazy to me. Scared former New York Times White House reporter begs Democrats Go easy on Biden. I love this. This is taking place time and again now you see it everywhere. NBC's out there doing it now too. Change the reporting. Why aren't you being nicer on it? You see, we're now at the point. This administration can't possibly salvage everything they're screwing up, so they're just going to try to salvage the messaging on it. Democrat-run cities with Soros-backed DAs are watching crime spiral out of control. Once again, as long as I'm on the hook for getting in trouble, well, I won't get in any trouble. As long as I'm saying things tonight that'll make people's toes curl, allow me to say this. There's not a single powerful empire in the history of the world that would have allowed a foreign-born rich guy to dump his money into said country and cause murder and misery. Not one Only the United States of America said, well, we're really tolerant. Busted. Unelected hypocrite Governor Hochul parties maskless while implementing mask mandates for New Yorkers. What have I said time and time again? None of the people telling you to worry about coronavirus are actually worried about coronavirus. Shocking. Chinese authorities seized 7,221 human penises on a cargo ship from Nigeria's Lagos. I think we, I think we don't understand the, uh, the, uh, the human rights violations that are taking place at any given time in the country. That's actually, I mean, on top of the little snicker, that's actually really sick. Uh, uh, those, that's 7,000 dudes that came from. That's really ugly. Be grateful you live in America. All right. We're going to do it again tomorrow. Do it better than anyone else. That's all. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse.